Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Disney's Jungle Cruise. You know, they say the boa constrictor right there is capable of eating 500 pounds per sitting. Personally, I find that very hard to swallow. Welcome aboard. My name is Skipper Nate. Uh, it's like coordinate, but without the coordy. And I'll be your podcast host for this review. Uh, I'll also be your lion tamer, your snake charmer, your crocodile wrestler. And if you don't leave us a five-star review on this podcast, well, then I'll also be your swimming instructor. Because today, we'll be giving you our first review of Disney's latest live-action ride-to-movie adventure, Jungle Cruise, which sails its way into theaters on July 30th and will also be available on Disney Plus with premiere access for all you skippers stuck on your boats. Big thank you to Disney, uh, Disney Plus Canada, for, for getting us the screener to be able to watch this movie. We're always so thankful for everything you send our way. Thank you. Uh, and we'll always keep watching it and reviewing it. So, uh, so, you know, keep sticking around. Now, we're always happy to have you aboard. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is our review show where we share our first reactions with you and discuss our opinions on whether or not this movie is up to the hype. Uh, oh, and don't worry, it seems like a gorilla just ripped off the back of my car, so I guess this review will have to be spoiler-free. Now, allow me to introduce you to my fellow Skipper and Skippy. Uh, first up, he used to work at an orange juice factory, but then he got canned. He's Skipper just in the water. <laughs> just in the water. I like that one. That's a good one. Not too bad, right? Yeah. Uh, and next to him in his broken down tugboat, his wingspan can grow 12 inches to a whopping one foot. And he loves his job as a podcast host. In fact, his parents are so proud of his brother. He's Skippy Kevin the <laughs> Hudson River. Jeez. It's bad enough I get shamed when I visit my parents for dinner. Now I have to do it on the show, too. That's funny. How are you wild animals doing uh, today? Awesome. Yeah, oh. feeling good. Sweet. Busy, but awesome. Very busy, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked that we are so busy with everything that we're doing. Uh, and I'm happy to have you aboard for, for this review. But before we dive into the Amazonian jungle, uh, let me give you an in, a little insight into this, this movie's plot. Uh, so Dr. Lily Houghton enlists the aid of wisecracking skipper Frank Wolf uh, to take her down the Amazon in his ramshackle boat. Together, they search for an ancient tree that holds the power to heal. Uh, a discovery that will change the future of medicine. This movie is directed by Jomé Colette Serra uh, and stars Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez, Jack Whitehall, Jesse Plemons, and Paul Giamatti. Uh, okay, so before we get to what we liked or didn't like, um, let's start this adventure with your hype level getting onto the boat. Uh, Kevin, why don't, you, why don't you kick it off? Uh, I mean, for me, the Jungle Cruise is often the very first ride I'll do when I get to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, it's just always been one of my favorites. My dream job at Disney would be <laughs> would, would be to be a skipper. Yeah. I just, uh, I love it. And I think watching the Behind the Attraction episode, you know, and learning even more about the ride really did sort of get me excited for this movie. And so, you know, anytime they can bring one of these attractions that's meant so much to me uh, to life like this, uh, I'm always excited going into it, even though, the results in the past have been, you know, uh, mm. mixed to yeah. say the very least. For sure. Justin? Yeah. yeah I, you know, again, I'm, I'm a fan of the parks, but I, I didn't really start going until I was an adult and could pay for myself. And, uh, uh, you know, 
I wasn't necessarily overly hyped for this movie. Uh, I was interested in seeing it, being that it's a Disney movie inspired by a beloved ride that I've been on uh, three or four times. And, and you know, you got The Rock. So I was interested <laughs> in checking it out. And I, I if I were to put it on a hype scale out of 10, I'd probably be sitting at like a 6.5. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I, I, I kind of agree with you there. I, I didn't have too many expectations going into this, especially from a story perspective, right? Like mm-hmm. being going on the ride and stuff like that. I knew there'd be corny jokes and references to the ride, but I don't know. I, I just went in expecting a, a fun Disney movie. Um, so, you know, having two years to wait for this movie to finally release, you know, unlike all those people buried in the cemetery, this isn't something I was dying to see. Yeah, I mean, for me, the, the wait certainly didn't. Uh, detract any of my uh, excitement for the movie just because right. yeah, I can totally understand why they were waiting until for they sure. could get theaters back. This is a pure summer blockbuster. And mm. I think for me, most of my anticipation for it comes from you just don't get these kind of old school rollicking action adventure movies that much anymore. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I can sort of jump into that genre, I'm always excited to see what they can do with it. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And it's, again, the the whole ride to movie thing, waiting to see how are they going to adapt what we loved about the ride and that original experience into the movie. Uh, but listen, enough riff raft. Uh, let's make like a rhino and get to the point uh, with our first question, which is, what did you like about this two-hour tour? So what, what are some of the things you, you enjoyed about the movie? Yeah, I, I think uh, aesthetically, uh, I liked how the movie seemed to blend various other films into one. You know, it was like Indiana Jones meets The Mummy meets, you know, of course, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. You know, it brought together as as Kevin, you know, so well said before, like that action adventure uh, tribute film. Um, narrative, narratively, I, I enjoyed the first half of this movie. And sure. uh, we can get to the second half later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but sure. I have to say, most of the likes that I have for this come from the performances. Absolutely. First, Emily Blunt. Uh, she was charming. She was charismatic. She had the right amount of that precocious seeking adventure characteristic that is almost a staple for these types of Disney movies. And and she was tough with strong form. Um, <laughs> very strong form. Yeah, yeah. very strong form. Yeah. Jesse Plemons, like, you know, he was oh. he's second on my list of, of absolute favorites from this movie. Uh, I was surprised to see see him in this movie. I knew that when we had seen him in the, the cast list, we were we were all surprised. And, you know, he wasn't in the trailer at all. And, you know, it was really nice to, to see his, his character and, and who he becomes in, in this uh, in this movie. And of course, The Rock, right? Like The Rock. It was funny. I feel like The Rock was was really just the rock he's yeah, funny he, was he, he brought yeah he, yeah he brought the punches he he seemed very much like himself in this movie and you know his comedic side sidekick you know jack whitehall who plays uh, the brother of of lily houghton um he was funny comedic counterpart uh, you know it, it this this sort of ensemble cast especially with the three main characters of of you know uh, uh lily uh, frank and 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 mcgregor felt very reminiscent of the mummy uh, in my opinion, and had that sort of comedic banter. Well, yeah, I might uh, save uh, the parallels I, I saw between this movie and The Mummy for our next question. Um, but I will, you you sort of touched upon it where the trailer didn't show us a lot of the characters we ended up getting um, in the movie. And right. that even applies to uh, Jack Whitehall's character uh, as the brother. Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing him in some of the scenes in that trailer. So I just assumed it was kind of The Rock and... Um, Emily, like on this adventure together. And so to add in that third sort of counterpart 
um, you know, for comedic purposes and everything was was almost a, a pleasant surprise. And yeah. I really do think he helped keep it light and moving, especially at points where it, narratively it was slowing down a little bit too much for my liking. So, um, yeah. And I mean, I think they could have done even more to sort of call back to the ride. Uh, but the parts that they did yes. sort of do were really, really well done. Yeah, I did think that the jokes that they managed to to keep in the movie were they were, you know, some of the classic jokes. And then they they obviously added their own spin on some of the things as well. Uh, but I, di- I also felt like, you know, unlike this review, I don't think the jokes were overused. So I do think that, um, you know, they are kind of an integral, ex- you know, to the experience of Jungle Cruise. So it was cool to, to think of the fact that, like, some really dumb joke about Albert Falls written in the 60s or 70s helped to form the central plot of a movie that I'm watching in 2021. Like, it's just kind of a really neat feeling as they sort of you know, went through the movie uh, and, and really kept that essence of the Jungle Cruise, uh, at least at least in the first half of the movie, which I think is what we're all talking about when we talk about what we what we liked. Um, and yeah, dude, the performances. Uh, Dwayne was Dwayne. Um, I thought Emily Blunt was <laughs> fantastic as well. I do think they could have used maybe a little bit more time with her character. Yes. Um, I would have loved to kind of see her, you know, uh, just kind of go off on her own a little bit. I loved how it sort of, the movie does sort of start with that character and you sort of get to to experience just those moments with her. Um, Jesse Plemons was awesome. He was another character I wanted more of. I, mm-hmm. I just thought that he was kind of like, almost like a quintessential Indiana Jones copy of a villain. Yeah. But like, yeah. unlike unlike other reviews where recently that we've talked about, villains who've copied you know like other like bond movies and things like that this was in a good way this was in a way where i was like he is killing it when he's when he's in the boat and he's singing him to himself like as he's like firing missiles like i was just so in love with this with this bad guy and he was such a he had such a memorable performance Mm -hmm. and then the only other thing yeah jack whitehall a surprise a delighting like a delightful surprise his character was different and and i think the way that he played that role was was perfect and i i just i also thought he was kind of a a standout as far as like the comedic side of things even more than than Dwayne, i think yeah i i agree i think that he was actually kind of more the comedic side right whereas right. whereas the rock had to kind of downplay be the dry dad humor style sure he, right he had you know jack whitehall had more of those like very outstanding fish out of water comedic moments. I also connected with with McGregor so much because I mean that would be me, let's be honest. If we all went on a jungle cruise, I would be the one who's packed way too many things to bring on that are completely unnecessary and I would be worried about like my skin regimen and things like that. I yeah, well and I think uh, all three of us would be would fill in that clumsy Everything that could go wrong to to that person <laughs> would go wrong. Yeah. We'd be the one right. getting bitten by mosquitoes yeah. or tripping Face on this. Or, with, yeah. like, tattoo. <laughs> so I think for a lot of people, he's the audience, right? I guess yeah, we could exactly. say, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, let's keep the boat going here. Um, I want to know, you know, we talked about what we did like, a lot of the performances, uh, the first half of the movie, some of the vibes from the movie. Now, I want to get to what you didn't like. Uh, Kevin, why don't we start with yourself? Um, I think I'll start just sort of uh, based on what we were just talking about, and that's the characters that did work and wanting to see more of them. And I think the movie almost bogged itself down with too many villains. Way too many. To to focus on anyone in particular. So we just got snippets of these characters that might have been even more fascinating had we had a chance to learn about them uh, in in a bit more depth versus 
just getting a brief glimpse of who they are, why they're bad. And then, you know, and that was it. So that, that for me was, you know, frustrating, I think. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I think, um, you know, one of the things I didn't like is that this movie feels a bit awkwardly paced right in that middle part where it slows down and slows down the adventure as a whole. And, and it just becomes like this sudden exposition. Uh, and, and some of the action scenes, I don't know, like some of the action scenes felt a bit oddly cut together. And, and you know, I found even as we got to the end, it felt very typical. It just like really kind of ran its course of let's let's get this to the finish line. Yeah, you know, like I think we we talked about some of the inspirations for this movie and Pirates of the Caribbean definitely being one. You know, in action scenes, when it comes to action scenes, we all think of that moment when there when you see, you know, Jack on the wheel, you know, sword fighting, mm-hmm. and it's like that to me is such a memorable fight scene. There the fight scenes in this movie blend together. They're they're a yes. blur. Um yeah. much like a lot of the CGI that's in the movie as well. <laughs> um I, I you know, the pacing for the movie like you said, like a lot of things in the jungle, it really slows down to a crawl right in the middle of the movie yeah. and with so much exposition I, I just think this is where it started to lose me because I was happy with the Indiana Jones vibes vibes yeah but then it tried to be more Pirates of the Caribbean right. and you can be one or the other yep. but to introduce these villains which you know are in the trailer so this isn't a spoiler but you know you end up with this really bland Davy Jones 2.0 character who's uh. he's a great <laughs> you know he's not a great villain right whereas yeah. like you know, Jesse Plemons, who's cast aside, would be would have been so much better to focus on. And I get it. Like, they have a formula with this ride to movie thing with pirates, with the dual villains even. Like, and that worked in 2003 or 2006, but it worked because in those movies, they chose to focus on the better villain. And bringing in these supernatural elements, that's what – it just really lost me there. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I just think – they 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 forced a backstory for this character mm. to make him evil after setting him up as almost a sympathetic character then there's a 180 spin with a decision that the character makes and therefore he's bad and therefore we're going to root against him and yeah that it all just felt very unnecessary especially when from an aesthetic standpoint the movie when we're you know have these beautiful scenic aerial shots over the river and the jungle it looks fantastic but the CGI in certain elements, especially with these, you know, uh, mystical characters, it was really bad in my opinion. It was, it looked worse than, you know, uh, Pirates 2. And that's yeah. how much older than this movie. And so that really did take me out of it at certain as- uh, certain points. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. The CGI was, was mediocre. I was actually kind of surprised. It looked unfinished unless that's, you know was the intent. I, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, going back to Jesse Plemons, like, I was far more interested in him and his story of what was driving him. Like this whole conquistador villain storyline, I could have done without. And right. I understand why it's there. If you watch it, you'll understand. But, you know, I think that, that there could have been a little bit more simplicity around who the villain was and his his conflict with, with our heroes. So I, I just think that it gets muddled. And it was, you know, to the point of what you guys were saying, overstuffed. Yeah. Absolutely, because there's right in the middle of the movie, there's sort of a a, a plot twist. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like they needed to build out the 20 minutes before that and the 20 minutes after to justify it. Mm-hmm. And that is where the movie slows right down. Yes. You know, you start on a, a bang and it's and it's moving along at yeah. a nice brisk pace. And then at around the 40 minute mark to the hour 25 mark, there's a lot of exposition 
you know, really just meant to justify something that happens in the movie. And yeah, that middle chunk just slows right down. If this movie was 25 minutes faster and had a little bit more focus narratively on on specific characters and their motives, I think it would have benefited tremendously. And I also think it would have just been, yeah, 30 minutes, 40 minutes shorter would have been right. perfect. That You know, cut out that exposition. I think that, yeah, they overstuffed it. They tried to pull too much from those, you know, both inspirations when they could have gone one or the other, even if they had have gone the other and made some of these, you know, additional villains that, that are in the movie feel more memorable or, or just have more character to them or just not just blobs. Um, I think that could have even been a, a better choice, even though that wouldn't have been the choice I would have made. Again, I would have rather them focus a little more on Jesse Plemons, a little bit more on that Indiana Jones style. Yes. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, I just also think it would have been easier to understand what was going on, too. Right. Yes. It, it, and that's where it feels overstuffed and, and muddled. Also, I, I like there's, you know, my, my biggest gripe with this movie, and I'm going to try to explain this in the most spoiler free way. But like there, there seems to be some strong messaging uh, that was intended to be conveyed in the movie around representation and gender identity, uh, specifically around uh, Emily Blunt's character, Lily, who is a woman who wears pants. And, you know, they have this fun right. inside joke where Skipper calls her pants. Um, this this odd behavior for a woman is is amplified given the period of time that this story takes place. But I love that they, they were able to convey a strong, independent woman in control of her own path and, and against all odds of men telling her to mind her business and know her place. Right. But then they start running parallels with, with her and Frank. Yeah. And, like, I got to say, I, I just didn't really like how that part of the story wrapped up. Right. And I think once you see it, you'll understand why. Yeah. But it all just felt like they were trying to say something but in the end they went down a conventional route yes and, and i don't really understand why they did that it, it feels like a disservice to what they were doing in that first part of the movie right and right when everything shifted it just went super conventional so i, I don't know I, again i'm trying to loosely describe this without giving any sort of spoilers but once you see it hopefully you'll understand what i mean about that yeah they 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 had a chance to sort of form a unique relationship between these two characters and instead relied a little bit heavily on classic Hollywood tropes, right. if you will, exactly. that, yeah, that, that do sort of diminish what they were trying to yeah. sort of highlight uh, earlier in the film. Because yeah. it definitely feels like, especially with, with Emily Blunt's character, that they are trying to modernize um, a lot of maybe... Uh, the some of the, or, or really bring up some of the issues of the time and then modernize that character for a modern we'll audience, right? Yeah, like, and I, then I, I, and then they I, do go back on that, yeah, exactly. And I see the relevancy, like especially being that it ta it's taking place in 1916, right? right? When when and all the women we see are wearing dresses and and stuff like that. They 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 have this strong messaging that she, you know she is not of the typical female of that period of time. So, you know, I enjoyed that part, but again, second half went super conventional and I, I just, it lost me. For sure, for sure. I mean, before we get too lost uh, within these these uh, jungle forests here, um, I do want to know, kind of wrapping up here, uh, how do you think it compares to the original Disney ride? Were there things that you, you thought like it did a really good job with or is there some stuff that was missing? Um, Kevin, why don't you kick us off? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's a lot harder to turn a ride into a movie than it mm -hmm. is a movie into a ride, right? Right, sure. especially something that 
doesn't necessarily have a strong narrative, something like um, the Jungle Cruise, where it is really more of just, you know, there isn't a story that you're following as you go along the ride. And so they, they definitely had to create something here to sort of give it a narrative foundation. Um, that said, I thought, you know, th- th- there's a scene that's in the trailer where, the, uh, you know, the Rock's character is recreating the the ride itself, yes. you know, as part of a tourist attraction. And that really worked for me. And then really quickly, there's a scene where we enter into essentially the final act and the final set piece. And you, you go into this area and it felt very much like the end of the the Jungle Cruise ride as you go into the the sort of last area uh, in the in the temple area. And I so I thought that kind of work oh, yeah. like that yeah. felt very much like the ride for me. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just kind of those two instances. Otherwise, you know, I felt like they missed an opportunity to have more visual gags throughout the movie that were reminiscent of the ride. Yeah, I would have loved like we got the backside of water, but like. I wanted, I don't know, I miss like the rhino and the skippers climbing up the pole. Like that could have been a little gag they could have done. Um, even some of the other animals like, where's the little elephant? I want my little elephant splashing around because in my mind, that to me is like the second most memorable moment of the ride next to the backside of water. Now, I think the only issue is the ride itself takes place on rivers from throughout the world, whereas this is centrally located you know, on the Nile. And therefore you could only have, you can't have Indian elephants splashing around. Right, you okay. can't have some of those, uh, you know, animals from around the world, I guess, but they could have done something with hippos. They could have done, you know, more. They did, they did with the hippo, right? They there's a, the there's a quick sight gag. Yeah. But I mean, like there could have been an action set piece, you know, cause anytime they were off the boat was when they really lost me. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, you know what? For me, I, I, like again, I, I didn't really start going to Disney until much later in my life, and you know, I've been on the ride three or four times. So for me, the closest part that this movie felt like the ride is the part that is from the trailer and, and, and that does outline that experience that we we got to see it in in full. And and I like that there were those those sight gags that that harken back to the ride rather than trying to expand on on certain things like i'm glad that they took the elements from the ride and implemented them in his ride experience of what he was offering as as a skipper um so i thought that was really really clever um but to to the point of what you were saying kev uh you know making a ride from a movie there is tons of potential uh with with this ride uh with revamping it moving forward and and uh no doubt I, I do doubt, though, that they will actually do any sort of inspirational pulls from this movie into oh, the ride. I'm telling you, if I don't get a Dwayne Johnson animatronic a la, <laughs> you know, Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow sure. that they've really implemented they, well into Pirates, sure. if I don't get that animatronic somewhere, I'm going to be disappointed. No, no, no for sure. <laughs> but I, I just wonder, though, if, you know, again, we when we watch behind the attraction, they always did say it's not about tampering with the classics too much, right? So to the point of what you're saying with with Johnny Depp's sort of animatronic being added into the existing thing that works really really well so maybe that's how they do it um but do you think that they're going to like you know kind of give you the same sort of experience no I think what the the trailer captured and and what the scene captures where where we do experience the skipper's ride that is the ride that is part of the ride everything else outside of it is more of the influence right so I mean I think they are doing 
a reface on mm -hmm. the ride. And with those classics, they never like to tamper too much. But I could see them adding slight details. I mean, you could even change, um, like Trader Joe is kind of changed in the movie from how you see that character on the ride. And so right. you could you could make those little changes that are just subtle nods. They don't change the ride necessarily, but for fans of the movie who've seen it, it would modernize it a bit for younger, newer audiences for that ride. I don't know. I think you could make little tweaks without changing the foundation of the ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I hope they do it, right? Just to create a little bit more of a parallel. I just wonder how much they will. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like if this movie doesn't, become a, a trilogy of movies um then maybe maybe we just leave it to to on screen i don't know if it needs to necessarily make its way into the parks um more than just you know all the instagram videos i've been seeing dwayne johnson posting uh of him at the uh at, at disney but um yeah yeah i mean i could i can i i i i'm definitely gonna say that his character in this movie does not have the kind of resonance that jack sparrow right. had in terms of becoming this cultural phenomenon right, right. i don't see the rock's character taking on a that cultural sort of phenomenon right like yeah he, right? right so like he and he basically just played Dwayne in this movie yes that's all i'm sorry but you know let's He's go back to there. things that don't work that's all he can do right. right the rock does what he does very well but he's not a terrific actor i don't think you should really you can really expect him to to put much more than just that natural charm that he has he oozes charisma there's no denying that right and i think he's he's always in in movies that uh, get a lot of hype speaking of hype you know, at the uh, beginning of our cruise, we discussed our hype levels, uh, you know, stepping off the dock and into this movie. And now I want to know, now that we're kind of coming up to the end of our tour, I want to know, does this ride live? <laughs> Justin, uh, let's start with, with yourself, your overall thoughts, and, and if it lives up to the hype. Well, yeah, like, I don't know. This, this is a fun for the most part, fun action adventure movie with that little bit of Disney magic. Yeah. Uh, this feels overly familiar as it blends some of the best parts of other movies we know and love. But at the same time, it sort of stumbles to the finish line for me. Um, there were some great performances, yes, but overall the story feels a bit sloppy and overstuffed with various elements that steer the movie's focus all over. And yeah. in the end, it just conv conventionally just ties up everything in a bow right so very typical um while i didn't go in super excited i didn't leave the movie feeling any more excited so i would say my hype level is the exact same at probably a 6.5 out of 10 on that hype scale uh, for myself i think again most more of my anticipation was was coming into it as uh that old school uh action adventure movie more so than it was adapting a ride that has no narrative into a movie. And so from that perspective, I'm not sure if it really did knock it out of the park. I mean, we keep saying that it borrowed from a lot of movies. I think the one it borrowed most from right down to your three main characters, um, you know, an adventurer, um, a strong willed independent woman and her bumbling brother. This was the mummy and <laughs> just not as good as the mummy, you right. know, I think. Um, and so getting those feelings uh, and then it not living up to that movie was a little bit disappointing. And I think we did really uh, hamper on or, you know, focus on the point that the movie had a chance to sort of take itself 
uh, into new directions narratively and instead, much like the ride itself, just followed along a simple track all the way to the finish line. And well uh, yeah. that was that was a bit disappointing yeah. in that regard. 100%. Um, and so I think maybe m- my problem is that my expectations were a little bit too high going into it. And so I might have set the bar a bit too high. And therefore, it almost never stood a chance to live up to the hype that I had given it. But again, I was probably going into this at a 7.5 in terms of hype and came out of it around a 6.8. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I absolutely agree with a lot of that. I mean, for me, honestly, uh, I'd say like the sharpest parts of a rose, I'm torn uh, because I don't know if it lives (laughs) up to the movies it's inspired by. And, And to me, it really feels like it sits somewhere it in between no but it it sits somewhere in between pirates of the caribbean and the haunted mansion in that it's a it's a fun time to be had with your family but as a fan of the original ride, I don't know if it really works for me. Uh, the jokes were cheesy and fun, but the storyline, especially in the second half, could have been cheddar. And the supernatural elements were grating to me because I wanted this movie to be a little more confident and stick to you know one villain that I felt really worked. Um, so if you have kids and you want to enjoy a fun family ride, then yes, this lives up to the hype. Um, you know, but for me, much like Dwayne's good friend Kevin, even though it has a lot of heart. It still fell short. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, I, I also think, though, I think you're right, Nate, though, that this is a good family fun adventure movie. Um, and, and if you do have the opportunity to see it in theaters, I think oh, it would yes. actually be a lot more enjoyable in theaters. We, we we couldn't get to the theater to do the screening. So we, we did that, obviously, at home. And there were some limitations to that. But imagining sitting in a theater you know, seeing this with fresh eyes, it would be a much different experience. Yeah, this this definitely screams that midsummer family blockbuster meant to be seen on the big screen, the first kind of one we've had since everything got shut down. And so for a, a good time, a good two hours at the theater with your family, this is this is perfectly fine for that, I think. For sure. Uh, All right, well, we have officially docked. Uh, That's our spoiler-free review. Again, my name is Skipper Nate, and if you enjoyed this review for Disney's Jungle Cruise, please make your way down the river and leave us a five-star review. Uh, And if you didn't enjoy this review, well, then my name is Justin, and this has been a Gelato Productions podcast. (laughs) Keep in mind, we also have our spoiler-free review for Marvel's Black Widow, and we're still continuing our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. Uh, We have our review out now as well, for Masters of the Universe Revelation, uh, which you can check out our quickfire review for that. And we have our review for The Green Knight, which I am so stoked for, coming out very soon. So please hit that subscribe button uh, and, uh, and, and make sure you're, you're checking out all the awesome content we have for you. Uh, hey, Nate, I hate to cut you off, but uh, I actually had a question at the end of the movie that maybe some of our intrepid listeners who've um, experienced the Disney parks, uh, maybe they spotted a little nod to a different ride um, right at the end of the movie. And I would love to hear if anybody else sort of picked up on that vibe as the movie was wrapping up. Wow, this sounds like a very intriguing mystery for our listeners to uh, to dive into and write in, just like the, the main characters of this movie. Um, Justin, how, do, how are they supposed to even write in their, the, the answer to that? Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. All right. Well, uh, it sounded very radio, uh, like 1960s radio. That was great. Amazing. Uh, Now, as they say at the end of every Jungle Cruise, leave. Wait, wait, wait. That that was rude. That was rude. That was rude. Let Let me do that again. Please leave.
<laughs> Kevin, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler-free review. And as we say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>